Good morning, everyone. Our guest today is candidate for Lieutenant Governor Heidi Dragas, and also joining is candidate for Governor Bill Walker. Good morning, you two. Good, Good morning, morning, Kevin. Great to be here. So, Heidi, tell us about yourself. Who is Heidi Dragas? Well, I am a lifelong Alaskan. I was born and raised in Fairbanks, Alaska, and my family, for the most part, is is still there. Uh, my dad came up on, he lived in Los Angeles, he was born and raised in Los Angeles, and he came up on a swimming scholarship to the University of Alaska Fairbanks. And they thought they would be there, they'd get their degree, my mom and him, and instead, uh, you know, sadly my dad passed away last year, and, but my my parents were there for more than 50 years and my mom still still lives there um i went all through school um through the the fairbanks school system and went to the university of alaska fairbanks i got my degree in history in 2000 and the only time i have left alaska is when i went to law school i went uh, down to willamette university in oregon and I came right back because it honestly never occurred to me to live anywhere else. And when I returned to Alaska, I moved to Anchorage and spent 10 wonderful years uh, serving as general counsel for the Alaska District Council of Laborers, which is the statewide umbrella organization for uh, the the laborers union in Alaska that represents more than $5,000. I'm sorry, $5,000, 5,000 hardworking Alaskans. And I loved that job. I thought I would spend 30 years there and, you know, collect my, my good union pension. And then I got a phone call in November of 2014, after um, uh, Governor Walker was elected, and Bill called and said, hey, what would you think about serving as my commissioner of labor? And that sort of hit me out of left field. So um, Bill tells this story, but uh, I actually had said no at first. Uh, I was pretty young. I was 36 at the time. I, it was not something that I didn't say no. I, well, I actually, I guess I said no pretty quickly. I thought about it. I was like, I, I don't know. This is, this is a lot for me to take on. And, and, um, I talked with a lot of folks. Um, Bill was pretty persistent. I think, um, Bill knew, and I don't want to speak for him. I think Bill knew, um, the kind of cabinet that he wanted to see. And he wanted diversity in thought, um, in region in party. And, uh, he wanted, honestly I think a diversity in, in age regions, ranges as well so it took some cajoling but I ultimately agreed to do it and I loved it I loved serving in the Department of Labor and Workforce Development as commissioner um, it was an absolute joy it's an incredible department of more than 800 hard-working Alaskans and I miss that job it was the best job I've ever had um, but part of that job brought me down to Juneau. The governor encouraged his commissioners to move to Juneau, and I did so. I moved down here in 2015 and uh, and loved it. I had a place downtown, and um, Bill likes to take credit um, because in Juneau is where I met my husband, uh, my husband, Kevin Sund, um, love of my life. And so now we, we have a four and a half year old daughter that we're raising here. We live out in the valley. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love living in Juneau. Um, it took the rain, took an adjustment, <laughs> but it's incredible. But you, still, to, you still came back to Alaska, though. It was. It never occurred to me 
not to come back to Alaska. And and there's a lot of reasons for that. I think that, you know, a, there's a reason why we live here. I mean, there it, the beauty here is unparalleled. The opportunities, both professionally, which for me were, were quite profound. Um, you know, I was just a, a kid raised by, a you know, my dad was a carpenter and a firefighter. My mom was a cook at the Pioneer Home in Fairbanks. And, you know, to have the opportunities that I had in Alaska, um, you know, serving as general counsel and serving as commissioner. I mean, I, I just, I don't know many other places where that is even possible, but also just the opportunities in, in nature. I mean, one of the things we, I love about living in Juneau is you can literally you know, leave from your backyard and go put your boat in the water mm. and you can have an adventure. Um, I love, um, I love being out on the water. Uh, we grew up in Fairbanks, so we were landlocked, but we took our boat out on the Chena river all the time. We drove down to Valdez a few times a summer to go out on the water. So I love to fish. I love to hike. Um, I'm really, really fortunate. I married into an incredible, uh, family, a Southeast family. So, and my, so my husband is, a f- fifth generation Alaskan. Um, his, uh, his family is, um, he's a member of the McKinnon family, well-known long time, um, Alaska, a Juno family. And, uh, and my, so my daughter is a sixth generation Alaskan. Um, yeah, we have deep, deep roots, uh, in Juno. And so on your experience with the department of labor and workforce, and also with the Council of Laborers and your degree as a lawyer, I suppose. How does this all mix in with the responsibilities of the Lieutenant Governor? How, how, how will you leverage that experience? Well, you know, I think there's, I mean, there's a lot of ways to answer that. I think as a lifelong Alaskan, um, I have a deep connection and investment in, in the state. I have a connection to the state, to its people. Um, and, you know, this is, this is my home. This is where I plan to live and grow old and, um, you know, hopefully see, see my grandkids here. And that is one of the reasons why we are running. Um, I think that it's uh, as far as as my preparedness, um, you know, having been, you know, I was a graduate of the University of Alaska Fairbanks. I spent many years as an attorney. I am still a practicing attorney um, now. I represent a lot of building trades unions. So, um, you know, investment uh, in infrastructure, which are with our incredible opportunities with the uh, bipartisan infrastructure bill. Um, you know, that's something that I'm keenly invested in. And so is the governor. And I will have him speak more to that. I think that also, you know, owning my own business, um, I've lived in multiple Alaskan communities, Fairbanks, Anchorage, and Juneau for a very long time. So one of the unique things that, that, you know, I bring to this ticket is having that experience of living in different areas, you know, and in Fairbanks, there's, there's a different set of concerns, um, you know, about you're familiar with the region. Yeah. You're familiar with the region. So I know, you know, I have, you know, that's my hometown. Um, but you know, there are different concerns in, in Anchorage and some, you know, the South central concerns, but you know, in Juneau, I've learned so much about the 
concerns of coastal Alaska and particularly in Southeast Alaska and attending Southeast Conference. And, you know, my husband worked for the Marine Highway for eight years. And I've learned an awful lot about the importance of the Alaska Marine Highway system. And, you know, another reason that we're running is we were absolutely gutted by the the current uh, governor's proposal to gut the Marine Highway by 67% um, in his first few months in office. I mean, that is absolutely a sucker punch, I think, for for Southeast Alaska. The Marine Highway is a, a, a diamond in the rough in this state, and we should be doing exactly the opposite of what, what he's proposed. We should be investing in the Marine Highway and making it a premier destination for folks outside, making it reliable for, for the, um, the members of this community and all the communities that are served by it so that they have a reliable schedule to, um, to, for planning their, their uh, grocery trips, planning their health care appointments, um, their medical appointments. Um, so it, this is one of the key issues, the Marine High. Absolutely. Absolutely. What, what, what are some of the other key issues here for the campaign? If I could jump in here, I would. Absolutely. Uh, Kevin, it's, it's really it's a fiscal, lack of a fiscal plan. We have no vision. We have no, no fiscal plan. We have gone through uh, $20 billion of savings uh, without a fiscal plan. That's, 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 it's amazing. You know, our, our whole permanent fund is, is approximately $80 billion. We've gone through $20 billion of savings. So our plan initially had been to put everything into the permanent fund and get it to $100 billion. We, live, we know there we are. We can take a 4.5% structured draw. There's our budget away we go so you know we did three quarters of it when we were in office and the last quarter wasn't done and we were surprised it wasn't so we need a fiscal plan it's the economy uh it's all about the economy and you know we do look at uh, heidi mentioned that uh um you know about the infrastructure plan the bipartisan infrastructure plan you know that's a that's a tremendous opportunity transformational opportunity for alaska what that can do for the alaska marine highway system we can electrify the you know the vessels there's, there's just so much we can do with that money uh that we have to compete for you have to submit grants you have to compete with other states i understand that but i'm i'm very competitive whether it's basketball or you know bipartisan grants uh, you know we will not be happy with one fiftieth of that uh, at all because we are so behind in our infrastructure in so many ways in in, in this great state. So that's another issue that's of, of great uh, interest to us and also great concern. We're just afraid with the current governor that doesn't mention it and during the state of the state can't possibly give say thank you to the late great uh, you know Congressman Young, uh, you know Senator Mikowski or Senator Sullivan on that issue because it's you know because he claims it's 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 not money it's 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 money from you know another party and so but my philosophy is i don't care what color it starts out in washington by the time it gets to alaska it's all green and we need it and and, and we need this infrastructure so it's an opportunity that i it's hard to stand by and, and watch this continue this this you know what i call washington dc you know strong partisan battles being brought to the state of alaska that's not that's not what Bill Egan did, you know. That's not Wally Hickel did, you know. That's not what Jay Hammond did. So we need to, we need to, you know. We're independents. We're just two Alaskans that you know want to get the job done and do it with with other like-minded Alaskans. I don't care what initial you have. We just want to make sure you have the same passion we do for this. Uh, what, what we can be uh, as a state. So it's a pent-up opportunity that that we see right in front of us. That I'm afraid we're not going to take advantage of because of partisan politics is why we're in this race. And so, touching on party politics this is something i'd wanted to ask you since heidi you're a former democrat uh, 
Bill, you're a former Republican. Explain that dynamic. What's what's going on here? You know, I think it makes it. I mean, basically, makes it a unity ticket. You know, I was former Republican, moved to the moved to the middle, and Heidi, former Democrat, moved to the middle. So, you know, we haven't. You know checked our who we are at the door we just we're just not involved with the with the party and we found that really our goal is to get get the job done and sometimes you have to reach you know we, we talk about reach across the aisles with us there'll be no there'll be no aisles because we're we're non we're nonpartisan. i was when i served i was the only independent governor in the nation and i've gotten a lot of national attention from that or alaska has because they what's it like to drive a car that doesn't pull to the right or doesn't pull to the left just kind of goes right down the right down the middle of the road and it, it's it's pretty good because you can get a whole lot more done that way so we think you know uh, the majority of alaskans are nonpartisan. um so we think it's a, we think we're a good fit for the job that gets done because you know no one has a monopoly on good ideas whether it's a democratic or democrats or republicans it's it's uh you know alaskans are imagineers we need to get it done we need to work as alaskans and not necessarily line up in different initials and and uh, take aim at each other very good and on but back on some of the key issues i had wanted to ask you about the permanent fund dividend we recently saw that 3200 will be going to alaskans and this of course being the energy relief check as well as the permanent fund we wanted to know your reaction if either of you'd like to take that up. Maybe I'll, I'll step in. I think the energy rebate that the legislature did, which is about half of that, I think that was that was warranted. And we that's not unprecedented. That was done in, in uh, 2008. Uh, the, uh, there was an energy rebate as well So by the legislature. So I think the legislature showed leadership in, in doing that. You know, the permanent fund dividend is very important uh, to Alaskans. It's very important to the fabric of our, our economy. So that needs to continue on. It needs to be sustainable. It needs to be predictable, uh, but it has to be done in such a way also that it's that we don't spend the entire legislative session, you know, with that sort of looming over and use that as leverage for this or that. There's a lot of uh, good laws that did not get passed and a lot of bad laws that did get passed that because of the leverage of, of that issue. So what we would do, the formula is uh, 42 years old. We would sit down with legislators because it's a team sport. It's not one versus the other. We would work with legislators. Previously, we had a um, sort of a Alaskan um, a gathering in Fairbanks at the UAF of about 350. I remember Bill Corbis uh, being there and many from, from Juneau being there to talk about some of these issues. And we may convene that again. We need to, we need to wrestle that one to the ground and, and make sure that it's fair. There's not a disproportionate impact on the lower income. Uh, we need to make sure that, that it's sustainable and we move on. And so that's that will be one of the first things we, we will address because until then it, it's just ongoing battle back and forth and and um, so you know the permanent fund has gone from, from providing a dividend and also provides now seventy percent of the revenue to the state for government services for education you know public safety et cetera et cetera so so it's becoming a, a very different uh, it's our golden goose now if you will um, we came in oil was at ninety percent of our revenue is from oil now at thirty percent is from oil. And 70% roughly comes from the, the, the permanent fund earnings on a structured draw. So that was the intent. And w- we didn't quite get there as soon as, you know, uh, we were trying to get the permanent fund to $100 billion. We, That didn't quite happen. The legislature wasn't quite ready to do that. So so we've got to address that uh, now because people need to count, be able to count on it and and uh, and not have this this wrestling uh, match we have every, every year, last several years on that. So, Well, I think we're going to take a quick break here. So we'll be back. 
and we're back with Lieutenant Governor Candidate Heidi Dragas and gubernatorial candidate Bill Walker. So Heidi, one of the responsibilities of the Lieutenant Governor is overseeing the Division of Elections. How will you approach that duty? Well, I think the Division of Elections is a, I mean, we've all seen that, I think, in the last few years, how critically important it is. I think making sure that it is well-funded. Um, there's a great group of individuals at the Division of Elections. I'm, I'm good friends with their former attorney, and um, and they, they handle things with integrity, and um, I've, I've been impressed at how they've handled this vote by mail election for this uh, special house race. I actually thought that was very well run and very easy to, to follow the instructions. And um, I like that model and that approach. Um, I mean, I, I think it's a lot of people are concerned about uh, cybersecurity issues. There have been some breaches. I think um, making sure that our elections are secure is critically important um, and making sure that the we have um, that voting is accessible um, and that uh, I think in Alaska in particular um, is something that's critical um, that there aren't language barriers that there aren't just logistical ba barriers for instance in rural Alaska there have been problems um, you know and making sure that that the the you know the ballot um, that the the voter booth is is open and and running. So making sure that when we um, when we operate elections, that we are thinking statewide and making sure that everybody has has access uh, to the ballot. Very good. And you had mentioned integrity. There has been a lot of a talk of making sure elections are secure, and even the current lieutenant governor had the election integrity bill is this whole is this secure elections is this something you want to continue that work on well i think you know any from, from what angle i suppose would you like to approach that well i think it's important that our that we do our we have election integrity. One of the cool things about this house race is the the ballot tracking system, which I think is is very cool. You can track your if you sign up, you sign up on a link, and you can track your ballot and see where it has gone. And I think that um, you know, I think we can do probably a better job letting folks know how to how to do that. And I I anyway, I th I thought that, and that was, would increase that accessibility. I think so, well well accessibility, but just you know some of that integrity to make sure you know like hey the division of elections has received your ballot or your ballot is um, at this place and it will go to you know wh where it will be counted at this next place. I, mm -hmm. I think that's that's fantastic. Um, you know I was a big proponent of the um, automatic voter registration. I think the Alaskans passed that by an overwhelming margin back in 2016 by a ballot initiative, um, and that I think has increased um, uh, ballot access as well. I think that's um, you know. Let's just make, let's ensure that that Alaskans are um, aware of the opportunities with voting. I you know talking to high school students, making sure that it's you know when they turn eighteen, they have the ability to do that. I talked to a lot of recent graduates who are very excited to vote for the first time. Um, you know JDHS and and TMHS um, you know had their graduations and. Um, you know, I was just talking to someone who just graduated from JD um, about being able to vote for the first time and just making sure that we do our kind of civic responsibility to make sure that new voters also know um, about the election process as well. The education. Yes. And another topic I want to take a back on preparedness, as we mm -hmm. were talking about in the first program, or the first part of the program. Uh, how, in the event the governor's seat is vacated, 
What is your view of how a lieutenant governor should prepare if such a circumstance should arise? Well, I think... And let me just say, Kevin, yeah. I don't take any offense at your question on that at all. <laughs> I'm feeling, oh, wow, feeling very good. Have, yeah. Everything is fine. But anyway, it's a good question. It's a good question. But I just okay. want you to know. Yeah. It's an appropriate, appropriate question. And I, and I think Bill can probably um, speak to this a little bit as well uh, um, as to why he selected me um, or asked me to, to run with him. Um, because and you're, you're just a breath away from that seat. And it's... And it's you know, I think that is the most important role of a lieutenant governor candidate and a lieutenant governor is to be prepared to, um, you know, to fill that role. Um, just don't step in front of the bus anytime soon, <laughs> uh, Bill. But you have to be prepared. I think, um, you know, the fact that I have been able to get out across Alaska, um, you know, in my private life, but also serving as commissioner for the Department of Labor and Workforce Development, um, getting out and seeing communities on the campaign trail. I've been across Alaska. I've talked to so many leaders in different regions um, in this state. And also, you know, running a department of, of 800 um, is no small feat. Um, and I enjoyed that work. I learned an awful lot serving in the cabinet for four years um, and working with Republicans and Democrats in, in our cabinet and independents. Um, it was a fantastic opportunity, um, a, a real uh, a lesson in, in leadership and responsibility and, and integrity. Um, uh, working with the legislature, I have great relationships. Uh, both Bill and I, I think that's one of the things that we really bring to to this ticket is our ability to work with folks, even even just finding that sliver of commonality and exploiting that and finding common ground because you can always find commonality with individuals that you might not necessarily agree on much with. But also I'm just a mom. I have a four and a half year old daughter and the struggles with trying to find her affordable quality childcare. We were on four different waiting lists trying to see if we could find childcare for her. I'm worried about the school system. I'm worried about education and properly funding education. I'm worried about the you know problems with teacher retention. Both Bill and I are very concerned about the um, you know the 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 essentially the you know the inability for teachers to have a decent retirement, a livable retirement in Alaska. We've got to fix that. I want my daughter and 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 Bill's children and grandchildren to have the opportunities in Alaska that I had, and that is one of the reasons why we are running. And I think all of those things that that experience has prepared me very well to to serve as lieutenant governor and if it were to happen to serve as governor i feel very confident of that and if i could just add to that is that, you know very my, brief very brief very brief, brief, you know my style before and will be the same now is lieutenant governor is side by side with with uh with the governor i mean my calendar was was the lieutenant governor's calendar uh available and invited every single meeting i had so it was really a shared role from the standpoint there was one governor at, at of course but the, the role of lieutenant governor certainly has never been with, with under my administration you know focused just on election which is very critical but really, uh, on on the whole, you know, very, you know, right next to me at every every cabinet meeting. If I couldn't be there for cabinet meeting, the lieutenant governor would run the cabinet meeting. So, you know, it it'll be a uh, it will be a. Um, I'm told by others that have been in multiple administrations that that's a very unusual approach to take, but I find it very comfortable because uh, I want it to. You know, it's a it's a it's a team sport, and so uh, I think that would that would help uh, in, in, you know, significantly as well. All right. Well, thank you both for joining me today, and thank you to the listeners for 
joining us and listening to today's program. Tomorrow we'll be speaking with Junior Representative Andy Story. This thank you for tuning in on June 8th. So see you next time.